Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, this is Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister, and you're listening to Talking Metal. That was a UFO beaming back at you. Me and Eric Heisman were down in Mexico two weeks ago. We seen 40 of them flying in formation. They, 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 they have got bases all over the world now, you know. They've been coming here ever since 1946, when the scientists first started bouncing radar beams off of the moon. And they have been living and working among us in vast quantities ever since. The government knows all about them. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. Silver Spacecraft. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. Guys, what you are about to hear is part two of two of the last Talking Metal Live show, the December Talking Metal Live show. And if you don't know about Talking Metal Live, it's, uh, you know, we do the basically the podcast live every now and again, and that takes place on TalkingMetalLive.com. So again, this is part two of two. If you didn't hear the first part, I suggest going back and listening to that uh, on the last episode. And let me know what you think. Send us an email at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, especially if you never sent us an email. We'd just love to know that uh, you're out there listening. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Here it is. Part two of two of the December 2010 Talking Metal Live show.
What you just heard was the Poodles. Now, the Poodles are like... Yeah, the Poodles live off of the No Quarter record. The Poodles are quite big in Europe, uh, and I've only... I admit this, uh, I should have been tuned into them earlier, but only recently discovered them in a great, great band. Uh, cool. their, their live record is quite good, and there's a lot of songs on the live record that are not available. Um, the studio versions of those songs are not available here in the States. So definitely pick up No Quarter by the Poodles. And great. we have another guest coming yeah. up. Right now, Eddie, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, everybody, uh, welcome Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister to Talking Metal. How are you, man? Good, good. Where's the uh, crowd noise? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need a little more sound effects. But, Eddie, uh, you're on here with uh, myself and with Mark Striegel, and we've got uh, Bud Friendly, uh, who was also part of the, the Fuse show that you won. And we want to thank you again for jamming with us on uh, Talking Metal on Fuse. Great, great, man. My pleasure to be here. I'm glad to be back. Cool. Great. Now, Eddie, tell us what, what is currently up with you. I mean, we've heard that D. Snyder is doing a Broadway thing now. What's the current status of Twisted Sister? Yeah, well, we just got back from uh, South America. We just did a tour there, like 10 days. We did uh, five shows in four countries. We did Brazil, um, Argentina, uh, Chile, and Bolivia. And uh, Bolivia was rough because it's like 12,000 feet above sea level. Wow. Wow. 50% oxygen. Yeah, I didn't know. We, we didn't know. It was the highest capital city in the world. So it, it was like uh, it was um, it was like a meatloaf show. Everybody had oxygen. No, I'm just <laughs> but, uh, but no, you know, meatloaf always has the oxygen after but uh, after his show. But it was like one of those things like, um, you know, it's, I mean, they, they come to the, they pick you up at the airport. There's oxygen tanks everywhere because... When people get there, they just can't breathe. Anybody that's that's from sea level or, you know, 12,000 feet is high, man, you know? Man, I never knew that. Now, what about just, the, like, the people that normally live there? Are they used to it? Yeah. I mean, if you if you stay there for a week, you get acclimated to it. In fact, a lot of athletes work out in high altitudes, you know, because it, it, it kind of expands their lungs and it makes them stronger. So when they come to sea level, they have, like, an edge. Mm. It's like swinging two bats. Yeah, I found all this out this weekend. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. So when did you guys get back from the tour? We just got back uh, Friday. Oh, so, great. Yeah, it was one of those cancel flight after cancel flight. It was a brutal, you know, like two days to get back kind of thing. But uh, it was all cool. And uh, he's back on Broadway. He's um, he's in Rock of Ages. Right. How do you feel about that? You know, that's... Hey man, you know, to each his own. It's like you know, uh, Gene Simmons has family jewels. Uh, he has Rock of Ages. I mean, you know, it's, uh, we all do our own thing. I'm I'm currently working on uh, my second solo album, and you know, I hope to do the we kind of do the same thing I did last time. Get some guest artists on there. Not sure who I'm gonna get yet because it depends on schedules and and who does what. Sometimes it's surprising. You know, I get surprised at who can and who can't. So. Until I get people recorded. Right now, I'm just doing the basic tracks and and trying to, you know, get stuff down and put a deal together because, uh, you know, it's just recording is one of those things. You you, you put stuff down, then I kind of change my mind and I want to add something, and then usually I have to end up doing the whole thing over again. So I've been running into that quite a few times, but it'll get there. I mean, there's no rush, you know. Now cool. on your on your last record you had a lot of great great guests and I wanted to talk to you uh, about uh, I mean Rudy Sarzo was on there uh, D Snyder of course and uh, you had uh, Joe Lynn Turner right yeah and Ronnie James Dio. yeah and I was gonna say tonight a great song that you did with uh, with Ronnie James Dio I think probably my favorite song off of off of your record. Um, talk, talk, talk about working with Ronnie. I mean, we were all just so saddened by his loss. Uh, yeah, and uh, you you really were, I mean, I know it was probably five years ago at this point, but, yeah. you know, one of the, technically one of the last guys to work with him, you know? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I mean, who knew? You know, it's like one of those things. It's kind of now I really uh, makes me say like, wow, that was, you know, what a coincidence that I was having to work with him you know, just before, you know, a couple of years before he got ill and, and passed away. I mean, you know, who knew? You know, it's, uh, 
So it's one of those things that I'm, I'm really honored, kind of moved by the fact that, that I did get a chance to work with him. You know, I mean, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, you always want to get around to something and you never do. And this is something I'm glad I did get around to. And, and you know, and at least I had a chance to, you know, to share a moment with him and have him sing one of my songs, which is like probably one of the biggest honors. He's got probably one of the greatest voices in, in, in rock music. And, uh, you know, working with him was a pleasure. I mean, you know, we did a whole tour with him back in the day for like almost a year. Um, and then, you know, I've always, we've always stayed friends. And uh, recently when he was out on his own before Heaven and Hell, we did some shows together. In fact, that's what kind of inspired me to write the song. I was, I guess, just listening to him perform and just got into my head. And I was, I wrote tonight and then I started thinking about it. And I said, wow, it was like a perfect song for Dio to sing. You know, it almost sounds like a Dio song. So it was one of those things that, uh, you know, I just approached him and, and said, listen, because we were doing a show together in Puerto Rico. And, and I said, listen, would you uh, sing this track for me? You know, and he said, sure. You know, I'll be home the next two weeks. It was full timing. So he was, he was home for two weeks. He had just put in like a whole, a whole new Pro Tools set up in his house in 2005. And uh, Rudy actually went over there and helped him. Uh, Rudy and, and, and... Rudy Sarzo, of course. Yeah, Rudy Sarzo. And, uh, you know, they, they put down the tracks. It's funny because he just he sent me an email. It says, I'm going to sing the vocals and you'll like it. <clears throat> I'm going to do the harmonies and you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and actually... He did, you know, I sent him the tracks without him even hearing the song, and he uh, he agreed to doing it. So, you know, that's that shows a lot of confidence in the fact that he he thought the song would be cool. Even without hearing it, he mm. was doing it. So, you know, that that made me feel very good, too, because that's, that's pretty honorable that he had that much confidence in me to, to send, that I wouldn't send him something that, you know, would make him feel like, well, I'm not going to sing this, you know, some kind of like real love song <laughs> right yeah. no it's it's great that you know one of the the greatest ever singers in all of rock and metal you know had had so much faith in you that he didn't even have to say well you know i have to hear the track first he's like eddie you know absolutely i'll do it you just send me it and then it'll be done and you're yeah, gonna love like, it you know exactly like i mean you know he never even said that to me he just said sure i'll sing it send it over you know it wasn't even like uh one of those things so that was definitely a very complimentary uh i think but you know he was just such a nice person to work with you know just low-key he'd always uh you know he's one of those people you learn a lot from you know it's just uh even how to just be a person you know because he really went out of his way to like uh be very nice to his fans and stuff and sometimes you know when you're traveling a lot of times things aren't perfect you know and, and you're just so stressed out and tired that it's like even though you want to like hang out and talk to people and be nice and take as many pictures as, as they want. And you're grateful for it, the fact that you have that. Sometimes you're just so burnt and tired, man. It's like, it's really a hard thing to do. And he was always, uh, he would just stay there till the very end, till the last guy was there, you know? Wow. One, one of those people. Now, um, do you remember exactly what tour it was that you toured with him back in the day? It was the, um, I remember he had the big mountain <laughs> It was one of his first albums. Jimmy Bain was in the band. Uh, okay. Vivian Campbell. Okay, so it was maybe that was probably you can't kill rock and roll or stay hungry or something like that, right? Oh, well, you mean for us? It was, yeah. Uh, well, that wasn't stay hungry. That was uh, stay hungry was the Iron Maiden tour when we had right, which I saw you guys on that tour twice actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was us and Iron Maiden. That was some tour, boy. Power Slave, yeah. Yeah, but um, definitely one of my favorites. Because, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it was great because the Maiden crowd was just so receptive, too, you know, to uh, to us. So, you know, it, it was a great double bill. We had, hey. we had a great time. Yeah, I remember seeing you on that uh, that tour, and it was actually in, in Milwaukee. And... Um, D, the, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, at the, at, the, <laughs> at the Mecca, it was called. And I remember it, it was one of the only times that there was an opening band playing that... 
every person was there for the opening band. This is uh, Twisted Sister and Iron Maiden. And I remember there was there was a guy, there was D called out. Everybody was on their feet except for two people sitting down, and D called them out. And the whole place was yelling at these two guys. <laughs> and D was like, get up, get up. And they would not get up. And it was a, it was a... A big uproar and uh, fun times, though. I can imagine. I mean, you guys, Maiden and Twisted Sister, both at the top of their game, just, uh, you know, and the charts for that matter. I mean, uh, any any memories or, or, or gigs from that Maiden tour that stick out in your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, a bunch of them. Long Beach Arena was pretty uh, memorable because it was four nights. And, uh, and I actually... Uh, had some fun as we did the Pee Wee Herman movie. That week. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was actually Tim Burton's first dictor- uh, dictorial. Is that how you say dictorial? Dictorial. Sounds Maybe. sounds right to me. I don't know. Well, well, anyway, the first movie he ever directed. Right. <laughs> I don't want to call anybody a dick. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> dictorial. No, actually, he was a very nice guy. So was uh, Paul, Paul Rubin. The name Paul, his real name is Paul Rubin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he was... Uh, it was actually funny meeting him because, you know, I walked in, he's like smoking a cigarette and he's talking like a regular like a, like regular guy. Hey, what's up? What's happening? <laughs> like, I said, Pee Wee? <laughs> That's great. So it was, uh, and I got in trouble that, that day for riding his bike on the set. Oh, that's classic that you rode the, the famous Pee Wee Herman oh, yeah, bike. Because you know, I love bike riding, so I just jumped on it and took off and people were chasing me for, Screaming at me, what are you doing? Because apparently the bike was cost a lot of money. There was like ten of them. I said, "What are you worried about? You got ten of them." Right. <laughs> hey, speaking of movies, Eddie, and I'm sure you guys know this, but uh, wasn't it Jackass 3D? They the kids are back was one of the uh, theme songs. Yeah, it's the opening. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm dying to see it. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I, I saw it. It's and I just think it's so cool that uh, what a great uh, classic Twisted Sister tune uh, to be part of that. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's actually become a quite popular download. So we got to thank the Jackass guys. Cool for that. But uh, yeah, it was actually they were on MTV, and all of a sudden I'm watching that the, the MTV awards, and all of a sudden they come out and I hear dun, 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 dun. I said I know that song. I was, I was, so it was pretty cool of them. It fits them well too. I mean, you know, it's a perfect song for for them. Kids are back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the whole Jackass thing is it's funny because that's definitely not like the the kind of movies you, you take your girlfriend to. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not a it's not a chick flick. I mean, for some, they don't get it. It's definitely like the guy farting thing. You know, like we get it, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. But they don't get it. It's like it's funny. It's classic. Hey, Eddie, I wanted to ask you, I recently went back and listened to the entire Twisted Sister catalog, and one album that really stuck out to me that that was, I, I believe, back in the day, overlooked was is Love is for Suckers. Um, any any memories of doing that record? There were so many strong songs on that album, and uh, I just feel like when I talk to people about Twisted Sister nowadays, they always mention Stay Hungry or even any of the first three records, but they, no one ever mentions that record to me, and I really think it's uh, it's an overlooked gem. What, what are your thoughts looking back on that record? Yeah, I thought it was really a good, you know, I feel the same way. It's kind of like one of those albums that maybe it was too slick, the Twisted Sister, you know, like, you know, and Bo Hill produced that album. And I think maybe he, you know, I I really liked the way it came out. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things I liked about it. Um, but then, you know, for some reason, maybe, you know, I don't exactly know why. Maybe it was, like I said, too slick a, a record. Like most of our stuff is a little more ed- like raw edgy, you know, not as produced. and. Uh, this album was, you know, well produced. You know, there was a lot of production on it, and, and I guess that's what maybe, maybe that's why it was overlooked, or it's just it just happens. I mean, you know, Van Halen's uh, last album was a great. If you listen to that album, it's a great album, and and you listen to it, you go, how come nobody knows about this album? You know, and this it happens. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great albums out there that, that people just for some reason they overlook it, or, or you know certain the real diehards get it but and maybe the band gets it and all people that work close to the band but uh 
we're thinking about doing one or two songs off, you know, adding one or two songs off that album because it, it is kind of the forgotten album. And it's unfortunate because it, it is a good record. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Great record, great record. Eddie, I wanted to talk about a couple of the collaborations you've done, both way in the past and some recent ones. I'll start out with the most recent one. Uh, back back when I was, uh, you know, in the in the mid '80s, I was in high school, and two of my favorite bands were Twisted Sister and Kiss. And uh, fans in New York City got a real treat to see you and Ace Frehley jam together at Carnegie Hall. And uh, tell us about that. I, of course, know because, you know, I, I work with Ace, but uh, tell all of the Talking Metal listeners about how that came about. Yeah, well, you know, Ace called me the day, the night before. <laughs> so it was like I had like 24 hours notice, and uh, which was cool. But, you know, that, if you know Ace, that's Ace. And, right, uh, right, no doubt. And, and Which is great. So I just, you know, I mean... Um, I had to learn angels uh, kind of quickly, which is a it's it's an easy song, but it's a hard song at the same time because it has a few you know little weird things in it. Yeah, so it was uh, you know, but I, I got to learn that. And New York Groove was pretty it's pretty straight ahead. So, but um, it was great. I mean, I've known Ace a really long time. You know, we've been friends for a, a, a good while now, and uh, both Bronx boys and. Uh, you know, we've always kept in touch over the years, and uh, you know, he's one of the few people that you know. It's it's kind of cool when you stay friends with people through you know through thick and thin, kind of. You know, and uh, we've always sort of maintained that friendship, and uh, it was nice, you know, that he just called me and spur of the moment next day we're playing Carnegie Hall with him, and and it was a great benefit, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it was it was kind of long overdue because we've known each other so long, and we both. You know, been in similar type bands, you know, um, except they sold a lot more records than us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you guys, Twisted Sister was awesome too. I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's it was great. I mean, it was a great experience. It was a sold out show. Uh, you know, some of the Steve Adler was there. Um, the uh, yeah, the MC, yeah, and uh, Vicky. Uh, not Vicky. Uh, oh wait, what was it? Um, Ricky. Ricky Lee Jones. Yeah. yeah. Ricky Lee Jones. Yeah. Chucky. Right. right. And then and uh, and then Henry Rollins hosted it. So yeah, it was, Rollins, it was a great uh, event. Henry Rollins hosted and uh, what's Daryl's his name? Daryl. Uh, Daryl McDaniel's. Right. From, yeah. Uh, Run, DMC. Run DMC. Yep. So it was uh you know it was a pretty cool turnout and uh, definitely a blast. You know I thought I mean it was funny because me and Ace are playing through these little box amps. And like <laughs> for two guys like me and him, yeah, we're going for these mar wall of marshals behind us, and all of a sudden, like we're playing through these two little box amps, yeah. and it sounded great because the acoustics in there are just uh, awesome. yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, the, there's a uh, video of it of near groove on YouTube, but it, it, I thought there'd be somebody with like a, a better video, but uh, uh, somebody taped it with a cell phone, but it's still really cool. Uh, so if you go on YouTube and search that, uh, you'll see it. And it's, you guys sounded great. And the funny thing about those amps, though, they were so small, we, we actually forgot them. And uh, we were on the way out into the car and I said, I think we forgot the amps. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had to run back and get them. But little box amps, but it was, uh, yeah, because I remember when we got the Aces out, they were in the back, but they were like, uh, it was amazing, I mean, it was great, because we just went straight into the amps, because New York Crew, we were going to do, we tried to do it acoustically, like the other song, right? like Angels, but, um, which is great, that's a great song, too, plus we had the two girl singers, uh, you know, I think you were able to Yeah, get... yeah, I hooked it. Yeah, Lord's Lane. What is it? And Angels is a phenomenal? Yeah, one? yeah, it's a little okay. below the Angels. Yeah, great tune. Yeah, we had Lord's Lane, and then uh, her friend came, and uh, who was an awesome uh, Broadway-style vocalist, and yeah. uh, and they were great. And uh, yeah, the whole thing was a completely successful night, and it was, like you said, it was for a great cause. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had a blast. Definitely. It was, uh, you know... I'm really glad that uh, the Mianes got to do that, especially in, in you know a place as historical as Carnegie Hall. You know, right? That's the first time we ever played in public together. You know, yeah. It's, what a great yeah. place to do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was definitely a very memorable, uh, very memorable evening. You know, no doubt. I wish we could have done a good video, but I know us, they wouldn't let us film. I mean, uh, we had Dave Stryker there, that right? Film, but. 
And, you know, he came all the way down from Connecticut and uh, he brought his gear and stuff and they just wouldn't let him do anything. So, you know, it ended up on the old cell phone thing. I know. Yeah, I, I wish Dave could have done it, too, because, you know, Dave is a pro. He's worked with you guys. He's worked with Ace and uh, he's a good friend of mine, too. So yeah. Yeah, it had been nice to have like a pro shot video. Yeah, it would have. But it, it's still at least some, but something's up there that. To mark that event, right? Absolutely. A little vibe, you know, a little vibe of what happened, you know. Definitely. Hey, Eddie, I wanted to ask you. I recently heard kind of a a cool cover that you did, uh, Big Bottoms, or Big Bottom, Big Bottoms. On it was like on this uh, All Star Salute to Fat Chicks, a whole lot of love tribute. Could you talk about uh, how you got involved with that? Yeah, well, that's um, AJ. Right. You know, that was his whole idea to put this whole. Fat Chicks uh, tribute album together, and the cover is pretty funny. I mean, it's definitely like you know that girl busting out of a leather bikini, you know. Right, the classic Led Zeppelin swan song <laughs> image, yeah. Right, and I've seen plenty of that at, at some of the shows, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, along with the you know the regular ones, uh, you see the you know the ones that busting out of it, busting out. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny. I mean, I, you know, he, he kind of approached me about it, and you know, he told me there was certain people doing it, and a lot of different guys from different bands, <clears throat> like Cinderella. And uh, I said, you know, sounds cool. Let's let's do something. So I got together with the guys from my solo band, which is Chris McCarvel, uh, Andre Van Show, and BJ uh, Zamba, and uh, we did. Uh, you know, we just put it together. We did everything basically over the internet. I mean, I, you know, um, Chris and, and BJ did the, the basic tracks and sent it to me, and then I did all the guitar stuff. There's, there's quite a bit of guitar on it for you know, it wasn't all bass. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> and it was it was pretty funny that, you know, at first I thought he was joking because he wanted me to you know do a guitar with all bass. You know, that I sent me a song that would. It's just lead bass, all bass. What do you want me to do? Play lead bass, right? Like, like you know? tap. <laughs> that, that's like Steven Tyler putting out an album and somebody saying, "Who's singing?" Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and like, well, not you know, I'm not comparing myself to Steven Tyler. But I'm saying, as far as you know, he's a singer, right? And he, here you go, like asking them, "I am doing a solo record." Oh yeah, who's singing? <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I, so you got to play guitar on the track. Yeah, so I was kind of one of those things. And I said, well, let me uh, let me think of how I can do this. And I just kind of went around it, and it came out pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah that was I, awesome, I think, awesome I think it sounds track. great. Were you a big fan of Spinal Tap? Oh, it's, it's a great movie, you yeah. know. Um, there's another, there's an English version of, of like, Spinal Tap. I forgot the name of the, the Bad News Tour. Right, right. I remember, I remember, I think I have that. VHS, believe it or not, but I, I don't. I'm not as familiar with that though as I am with the Spinal okay. Tap. But I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's great stuff. I mean, Spinal Tap, great movies. Uh, you know, the, the songs, everything. And the thing is, it's so much of it is so close to what it's really like. That it's it's yeah. pretty pathetic. That it's it's almost like the truth, not even like. Yeah, no, it's it's exactly. I I forget what band that they supposedly like went on tour with. Well, they went on uh, was it a few different or something. Saxon. They, oh, Saxon, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Nigel is the drummer of Saxon, right? And, and, and they, then he yeah, took the name yeah. Nigel. Yeah. yeah, which is which is great. Now, Eddie, I just wanted to kind of go way way back to something that I'm sure people can find on YouTube, but it's one of my favorite Twisted Sister memories, and it was when you guys played i think it, the show was called the tube it was an english tv show and lemmy came out and jammed with you do you remember that yeah Je- uh, lemmy and uh, robo uh, right right for, you know for robinson for my he was in tim lizzie <laughs> and uh he uh yeah that was that was awesome that's how we got our record deal with atlantic records wow i, I don't know if you know but uh what happened was this is a, this is a thing called a tube, it was kind of like similar to Ed Sullivan, you know what I mean? Uh, well, I'm really dating myself. Most people think, who's, who's Ed Sullivan, you know? Yeah, the, the Beatles. Uh, we know who Ed Sullivan yeah, is, yeah. definitely. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, we were little kids, you know what I mean? But it was, uh, you know, but uh, it, it was like just one of those shows that everybody in England watched on Sunday night or whatever night we did it, or Saturday or Sunday. It was just a show where, like, 
eight million people were you know were watching it at one time you know so and it was in Newcastle I believe it was filmed so big show called the Tube and basically Secret Records had gone belly up and that was our the label with the first label we were on it's the English label called Secret which was quite appropriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it was a big secret that we were signed. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, we just went back there to try and kind of, because uh, we had a big buzz going in England, you know, so we said, well, let's go back there and do this show. They offered us a show. So, you know, we kind of had to borrow money and stuff, believe it or not, to get over there to do this show. And we already done quite a few shows in England and, you know, I befriended Lemmy and, and Motorhead and, so, you know, we asked Lemmy to come up and jam on uh, It's Only Rock and Roll. So, right. Uh, you know, he came up and jammed, and Mick Jones happened to be there, because Mick Jones did an interview, Mick Jones for Foreigner, and he happened to be there with uh, Phil Carson from Atlantic Records, and he was the president of Atlantic in, in England at the time. So he... Uh, they were going to leave, and Mick Jones said, you know, this, this band, I just don't want to see them, because, you know, I turn on the radio, they're playing this, this place, they're playing that place, all, you know, they're playing all these clubs in, in the tri-state area, in the New York area, and Mick Jones kind of lived in New York at the time, so he was curious to see the band. So, wow. Yeah, so, you know, they stayed to watch us on a monitor or something. You know, and uh, basically, I'm not sure if they saw it a little bit live, a little bit of the monitor, but whatever. And uh, after that, Phil Carson came down. The next day, we were playing the Marquee in London, Marquee Club. So Phil came down, saw that show, and after that, uh, he, you know, Mark Puma was our manager at the time, came back and said, uh, Atlantic Records wants to sign you. you know? Very cool. In fact, in fact, after that Tube show, we actually had a couple of record deals on the table. And we ended up going with Atlantic. Which was great. Yeah. I think that Marquee show might have wound up uh, as like a live EP. Is that is that possible? Or maybe like... Um, it's out there somewhere. There's, there's, there's a couple of Marquee shows that were pretty pretty memorable. And uh, they're out there. You know, uh, we never officially released. Oh, okay. Officially released one. Uh, there might be a cut or two on, on I think... Uh, Maybe, I'm not sure if Liar, if Big Hits and Nasty Cuts has, uh, has it might have a live marquee cut. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to double check. I have some like old 12-inch singles that have some live stuff i gotta, I got to take a look at. But yeah, think, for some reason, I remember the marquee. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, we've done so many live things that sometimes... But I think one of them, something... We might have a, a, an official marquee live release thing i would have to you know go through the album go back yeah but i mean for all you twisted sister fans go uh, you know on the internet and just look for the the tube performance and what what a cool story i had no idea that you know it, it turns out that a guy who lived in new york you know mick jones from foreigner who sees your you know your name all over the place in new york winds up seeing you across the ocean in England and then because of the friend that he had there you guys you know get you know signed to Atlantic which is just amazing and then that's that's what really brought you guys to be like a household you know word back at back at the date technically yeah we got signed to Atlantic because of uh, Mick Jones and I think he you know well it's interesting he's yeah. embarrassed about it still to this day but <laughs> you know, he can't deny it so if you talk to him and say listen he'll go like oh no not again <laughs> cool. Well, man, I well, I think it's great, and you know, I was a fan even before that. But uh, I'm glad you guys got signed because it's you know obviously better for you guys. Cool. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Talking Metal. We'd love to get your name, and you are listening to Talking Metal before we uh, let you go. Okay, this is Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Cool. Thank great, you, Eddie. Eddie. Thanks, man. And we're gonna end the show with. The song tonight, right? Yeah, let's do tonight. Let's do tonight Dio from Axis to Axis by Eddie Ojeda. And Dio. Cool. Thanks, Eddie. Take bye. care, Eddie. Welcome. My pleasure, man. All right. Bye-bye, man. Here we go Take tonight. Care.
Listening to another exciting episode of Talking Metal Live. Mark, John, hosts. Thank you, Bud Friendly. And uh, I want to mention, guys, uh, you can pick up Eddie Ojeda's CD, Axes to Axes, at CDBaby.com. So definitely do it. It's worth it, and you will not be disappointed because it's a killer CD uh, by Eddie and a bunch of his cool friends. Definitely. Yeah, that was a fun interview. Thanks, Teddy, for joining us. Um, we had him on the Fuse show. Did we ever interview him on Talking Metal before? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. That is the yeah. weirdest thing. We we had him uh, on the Fuse show where we jammed uh, I Want to Rock. Right. And that's available on our YouTube page. And we also jammed the Paranoid cover with uh, Corey Clark and Richard Christie. So... That was great. Yeah, Eddie, it was a really cool interview. Um, I was like a huge fan of his like through the years. And so uh, it's hard to believe we haven't had him on before. So it's kind of weird that we never actually had him on talking. Yeah, because I know so. you've been friends friends with him for a while. Yeah, so, and yeah. It, even after that, um, the thing with Ace at Carnegie Hall, um, there was a thing that I did with Gibson. And I invited both Eddie and Ace. And uh, they wound up driving down together, which was cool. And so I've been hanging out with uh, you know Eddie quite a bit lately, so that's been very cool. And what what a cool thing because he's such a you know a great musician and always has been one of my favorite musicians. Absolutely cool. Well, let's get into some more music here. I'd love to play some uh, Overkill. Can we go old? Can we go old school here for, yes. for a minute? Yeah, my energy. Uh, we've been doing this since seven. It's now nine thirty-two. We started yeah, off with a uh, hour of talking today. rock. Yeah. Um, I get up at like six every morning because of my kids, but it's like uh, I'm I'm fading a little bit here. But let's. Uh, it's let's... a bad time to take four loco off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> four loco. Uh, now, what is that? That's like Red Bull and ca- or no caffeine and what's the alcohol? It's blackout in a can. Yeah. 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 Four now, but loco. what what type of alcohol is in there though? It's just alcohol mixed with Red Bull. It's uh, it was right a twenty four ounce can. With the equivalent of something like four or five beers in it, and plus three, three plus three to four cups of coffee. <laughs> oh my god! Cool. People were like, and it dying tasted and like stuff. gummy bears. Apparently, wow! So it tasted good, and uh, you, you drink not it. targeted the ch- not targeting the children at right, all. Right, right, right. <laughs> four logo. I just love the name Four Logo. It's classic. So, guys, we are in the second hour of talking metal here. The third hour of our live uh, night here, which is what is the the seventh of December. Yes. And if if you're wondering what that first hour was to you, talking metal podcast listeners it was actually we did the first hour as talking rock correct so if you haven't heard that please go to uh, iTunes and uh, subscribe to the talking rock podcast leave us a review we have I think only a handful of reviews on talking rock yeah we one a being uh, positive and all the rest negative oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know what when we f- oh no that wasn't Oh, yeah, yeah. A handful of negativity. Yeah. No, you know what? See, Talking Rock started out as Alien Rock, and and we were kind of doing it a little bit in character, and we were, you know, not really trying to be serious. Uh, Not that we're ever completely serious, but uh, it was kind of a fun thing. And, you know, there's always a couple of idiots that, uh, you know, feel the need to uh, type some nasty stuff about people on the internet, which is just nutty. I mean, like... I got. I have better things to do than to, uh, you know, leave negative comments. Uh, you know about anyone. I've I've actually never even left a negative comment uh, on any website ever. Really? I swear to God. Yeah, oh. I've never. And I'm not saying that it's that I don't like people who need ne- negative comments. But do some, do the animal porn sites actually allow you to yeah. leave comments? <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. Which is why, why I haven't left any. But uh, no, I I don't know. It, I think it's funny. I mean, I like. Re- you remember when I got like a kick out of uh, reading like negative stuff on yeah. air, and you know, my, my I, to this day, my favorite one is like when you know we'll, we'll cover like a Pantera song, and then you know some 
Jim Kittle, right? Like, oh man, that's you know that sucks, and how dare you do that to Dimebag? And you know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, anyways, um, this is Power Surge by the one and only Overkill, going way back off the Taking Over record on Talking Metal. Check it out, Power Surge.
Iron Maiden Wasted Years, and this is Talking Metal Live. John, for God's sakes, put your pants on. All right, hold on <laughs> real quick. They're back on now. I love that tune, and that's still to this day, when I pick up a guitar, I frequently play that riff. Yeah. It's like it's such a cool tune. And, you know, we saw Iron Maiden recently, and I it was- What I, was that song about? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I always thought, you know, they, they toured for Power Slave, and we'll come back to your thought there, but they toured for Power Slave for like two years or something. You know, wow. it was like so maybe- the longest tour, and it made me, uh, when that came out on the next record, right. I, I always wondered if if they if it was in reference to that, to that tour. super yeah. long tour that they had done, um, not to mention all the tours before that, but you, right. were, you were saying that we saw no, I Maiden. Saying, we saw Maiden, and I, I had a blast at the Maiden show. I was so excited about a shirt, which is, you know, I rarely even get excited at shows anymore sadly uh, uh but i was excited but i do have to say that slightly disagreeing with bruce dickinson i would have liked to hear more of the classics yeah and the, and there's there's talk that they possibly will come back through the states i believe and do just that oh, okay um, we'll, we'll see and we'll also have to wait and see uh if they make an announcement like priest did today um as to it being their last tour. Right. Uh, there's been some speculation about oh, wow. that, too. Oh, about that. Now, I have a, a little mini announcement. Um, on Saturday, I am going to Madison Square Garden to see the one and only U.S. performance by Ramstein. In, oh, sweet. You love those guys. Yeah, I love those guys. And, I, you know, I saw Ramstein so long ago at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I mean, this must have been like 1998 or something like that. But uh, And I'm not really even sure if they played in the States since. I'm sure they've done something, but uh, I cannot wait to go, and it's going to be great. And I hardly, get, you know, I'm just going by myself, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait for that. Cool, cool. I've been to plenty of shows by myself. I mean, that's the true devoted fan when you're not worried about going there for any other reason but to uh, enjoy yourself and, yeah. and hear the music. And you know what? Although, like, you know, I, I, I've been at Richard ZK's uh, place and I've interviewed him and, you know, I, I he, he was such a great guy. Uh, you know, I figured, like, this New York concert, I mean, not only is, is uh, you know, it, it a concert in one of the biggest cities so you've got everybody trying to get tickets, but it's it's their only U.S. performance, like, and so I figured that you know he's going to be bombarded by people. So I, I'm not going to bother him. I'm just going to go, you know, like the fan that I am, watch the show, enjoy myself. You know, as much as we love doing talking metal interviews, sometimes uh, it, it takes. Uh, it, you know, kind of makes some concerts work. Don't you find that? It, it does. Just nice it does. To yeah. Just go. And just do like the normal thing and listen to the concert. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do you want to end today's show with? Uh, I'm looking through stuff. I don't know. I'm almost, I was looking at, I have Damien Thorne, which is this band I used to go see at Thir the Thirsty Whale in Chicago, but oh, I kind of right. feel like playing something a little more mainstream. I, okay. I, I don't know. Um, 
like uh, Rush. Is that just I totally? I like Rush. Uh, you know, totally what albums right do you right have by Rush on there? Oh, I got I got like the great the Chronicles, the greatest uh, okay. hits. You know, uh, I, I like this obscure Rush song, but I know you're not what looking you to play anything obscure. But I I love this song called Marathon. Did you ever Marathon? hear that song? Yeah, I, I have heard that. If you um, have Marathon. I'd love to hear I that. I do not have Marathon. No. Um, uh, any Rush that. is cool though. Oh, you know what I also like? I, I like and this is like I keep picking uh, obscure Rush songs, but uh, Stick It Out. I think is a great song. Stick It Out is a cool song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could definitely do that off of Counterparts. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. it's a cool tune. Cool. Let's do that. Uh, 90s Rush, right? Yeah. 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 I kind of yeah. got more into Rush at that time period than the, some of the classic Rush, but I was always aware of the band, and uh, one of my best friends, you know, growing up, Rush was sort of like his favorite band, whereas mine was Kiss. Cool. Let's do that. Definitely not metal, but definitely some cool rock, progressive rock here, a little Rush with stick it out, uh, John Astronomy uh, request request here. So and then guys, we're gonna play a couple more tunes after that. Then? I don't think so. I think oh, okay. It's just about ten o'clock, so we're gonna we're gonna call it a day. And uh, thanks for joining us on Talking Metal Live. We had fun today. Uh, definitely, if you didn't hear the first hour Talking Rock, go to talkingrockpodcast.com and check that out. And uh, go to Talking Metal dot com and buy a t-shirt in the store section yes support yeah. talking metal guys yeah leave us a review on itunes thanks rush find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader